This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. WPHT HD. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia. A radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. And how are you, Deanne? I am fabulous, Mark. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, Very good. We're very excited to be talking to you every week here on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. Give us a call. Talk about commercial real estate, residential, mortgages, whatever. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're just here to keep you informed and hopefully you listen every week. And you can listen to this show on Radio.com also and our website, goodnewsinrealestate.com, which is almost active again. Awesome. All right, so what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the Market Report. Yes. We have Business Tips with Asking Dr. A. Yep. We have Mark's Funny Story. Got one for you. I took a peek at this one. I like it. We also have our Mortgage Mom topic. Topic, which is what? What should I buy? That's a good question. It's a great question, and the answers are going to be even better. My home has been listed with an agent for over three months. I'm not happy. What options do I have? The next question is, is there a percentage a seller will mark up the price of a home? For example, the asking price is 114. It's an initial offer at 95 too low. If you make an offer on a house and the owner comes back with a counter offer and you agree to it, can the owner still change his mind and sell it to someone else? That's weird. Last question is, I signed a listing agreement, but I'm having second thoughts about selling. How do I cancel and will it cost me anything? All good questions. Very good. And Mark, our topic of the day, national foreclosure rate myths. Yes. I want to clear this up. I please do. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, life's problems wouldn't be called hurdles if there wasn't a way to get over them. Wow. Good one. I am very philosophical Sunday mornings. So deep. (laughs) So where are we at? (laughs) We are up to our market report. And there's the bell. And it's weird with this market, especially with this thing about the virus and the news media making everybody freak out, which will be calmed down in another week or so. Doom and gloom. I'm telling you, they are doom and gloom. Thank God for us. Yes. Good, all positive, 
all the time. Absolutely. So recent American Bankers article speculated about the financial system weakness. This is what they do. And some of the issues on the list, like student debt, seemed unlikely to lead to a crisis or more likely to emerge as serious problems for for the financial sector's downturn, if it ever happens. The U.S. housing market, uh, it's booming. If the economy were to experience a downtown or worse in the next few years, which is probably not going to happen, I'm seeing predictions that we got four to five more years ahead of us before any kind of change. And there's going to be some price corrections and the foreclosure rates will raise a little bit, but I'm going to talk about that later. Anyway, this will surprise many who say the time is different than the last time that we went into the big crash in 08. It's completely different. It's completely different. Completely different. There's there's different rules now. How uh, and there was a the lack of supply will sustain the prices. So this low inventory thing slows things down actually because there's not that much to pick from. However, house prices adjusted for inflation are growing exactly as fast six years into the current price boom as the same period in the last boom. Real prices currently increase about four point two percent a year. Uh, through through 18, 4.3 through 19. So, and that was the same, similar thing back in 2003. So the whole point of this is things are different. Banking industry rules changed. Uh, this lack of inventory, it's making it gradual. We're not going to, we're not having a big bubble. Right. And there's a lot more things in place to protect the buyer, to protect the seller. So it's not a free-for-all. And the for industry. All. And the industry itself. I mean, right. it's not a free-for-all like it was. Yeah, it was like greed was what drove that last collapse. Right. So while we don't know what, when the market will correct or all that stuff, but if you're going to get in, it's time to get in now. Like, oh, what is panic in the last week over the stock market? Oh, what's going to... And then all of a sudden, they broke the record the other day. What? They came up like a 1,200 points or something? Highest in Ever. 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 So, I mean, people that sold the week before or bought, they made a killing. They made a killing. So, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You just got to stay on track. But anyway, first time home buyers increasing the share of home buyers compri- comprising 54% of purchase money borrowers. So they're younger. They have uh, in- their incomes are starting to rise. They have less savings. Their credit, credit scores are all right but they're going to be the biggest group millennials for the next probably 10 years. But uh, Agreed, without a doubt. Yeah, repeat bars are fortunate enough to have any equity in the house that they're selling, and they're going to get top dollar. Uh, not only are first-time buyers at risk of default because they're, they're a little riskier and they're getting into high prices, but it's a great time to buy because you only need to put down like 3%. Right. 3 3.5% with a 580 credit score. No, no, no. Let's not get crazy. I know. But it's a five, three and a half percent with the five eighty credit, credit score. score. Right. Six twenty credit score. Uh, uh three. So per- are you, you the mortgage do, or the mortgage person do, now? No, I'm not. But I, <laughs> somebody just asked me before we came into the studio. Right. If his if a seven twenty was an all right score. I said, You're great you're it's, good to go. Yep. I said, You're above six twenty, you're you're fine to buy. And there's a lot of programs out there still that are available for all the home buyers as far as the first Philly grant. Montgomery County's got a grant, Delaware County, Bucks County. So there's money available for these first-time homebuyers. And the criteria, it's not that difficult. It's basically based on their income and whatnot. And 
there's a lot out there. Big time. Yeah. I mean, you don't need 20% down, the big myth. You do not need 20% you, down. Yeah, I was telling the, actually the person that asked me that at the studio, I told him I did one last, uh, he actually lived in Fox, went to, he actually went to St. Cecilia's school. Oh, really? And uh, he, he was I, he was asking me about the convent. Oh, my God. But anyway, God. I told him I did one up there, uh, a twin, and for like 225 not guy needed forty six hundred hours total, and his mortgage payment was eleven hundred a month. That's how good the market. You can't is. beat that. So we're in a very healthy economy. Growing leverage will continue to support housing demands until it doesn't. And when finally the next recession comes, which will probably be, I'm fi- figuring six seven years out. Yeah. I'm seeing reports by Pew that this could be the longest economic boom in U.S. history. Reagan was five years. Clinton was four years. They're saying this could go six to eight, eight years. years. Hopefully, if this goes that long. We're going to be set. You make moves now; it's going to pay off. Right. You know, you'll be cruising. You'll be working less hours. <laughs> you'll be having a good time. So I'm having a great time now. So let's go over the rates. All right, so what are the rates? Thirty-year fixed conventional three point six two five. Your thirty-year FHA three point six two five. 20-year fixed rate, 3.625. There's a trend going here. 15-year rate is 2.625. Um, 7-1-arm, 5-1-arm, you know, around 3, 3 and an eighth, which, again, I don't recommend. Me neither, but that so, is, I remember a few years ago, they used to be like 2, the 7-year arm, and the 5-year yep. arm were 2, and the other ones were like 4. Now look at it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. All right. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Miss Scott Cyrus? Mr. Cumberland, we are up to Mark's funny story. I got it going for you today. This is a good one. This one is called the divorce sale. <laughs> well, this divorce was going through, and part of the settlement was the wife was giving up the house to the husband and his new girlfriend. So she spent the first day sadly packing all her belongings into boxes, crates, and suitcases. On the second day, she had the movers come and collect all of her things. On the third day, she sat down on the floor in the dining room by candlelight because it was her last night on the house, and put some soft music on the background and feasted on a pound of shrimp, a jar of caviar, and a bottle of Chardonnay. Nice. When she she finished, she went into each and every room and deposited a few half-eaten shrimp and caviar into the hollows of the curtain rods. She replaced the end caps on the curtain rods and cleaned up the kitchen and moved out. When the husband returned with his girlfriend, all was bliss for the first few days, and then slowly the house began to smell. They tried everything. They were cleaning, mopping, airing the place out. Vents were checked for dead rodents. Carpets were steam cleaned. Air fresheners were hung everywhere. Exterminators were brought in to set off poison gas, <laughs> during which they had to move out for a few days. They even paid to replace the expensive wood cart, wool carpeting. Nothing worked. 
People stopped coming over to visit. The repairman refused to work in the house. <laughs> the maid quit. Finally, they could not take the stench any longer to decide to move. A month later, even though they had cut their price in half, they could not find a buyer for the stinky house. Word got out eventually that the local realtors refused to return their calls. Finally, you had to borrow a huge sum of money from the bank to purchase a new place. The ex-wife called the man and asked how things were going. He told her that they were selling the house, but they did not tell the reason why. She listened politely and said she had missed her old home terribly and would be willing to reduce her divorce settlement in exchange for getting the house back. Knowing the ex-wife had no idea about the smell, he agreed on a price that was about one-tenth of what the house was worth, but only if she were to sign the papers that very day. And she agreed. And within the hour, the lawyers delivered the paperwork for her to sign. A week later, the man and his girlfriend stood smiling as they watched the movie company pack everything in to their new home, including the curtain rods. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. That was a good one. Classic. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment. Coming up with the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris. And her topic is, I don't see it. What should I buy? (laughs) What should I buy? That's the topic. I knew that was it. Of course you did. Of course you did. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Tell us, what should should we buy? I'm going to tell you what you should buy. All right. After we've had a conversation and have gone through our pre-approval and we've collected all your docs and know that you are 100% ready to go. Ready to go. The reason I wanted to bring this topic is I talked to a lot of young couples maybe just engaged, maybe just got married, don't have any children. And this is not going to be their forever home. Right. So there's a great opportunity on the FHA side to purchase a duplex. And a duplex or um, a triplex or a quad, when you're purchasing with FHA, and that means a two unit, a three unit, or a four unit. That's right. You can purchase with an FHA loan and put as little as three and a half percent down. You rent, you live in one unit. That's the qualifications for the FHA. You have to live, own, or occupy one of the units. Right. Rent out the other two, three units. Collect that rent, and now you're living mortgage free. Remember me and you did a quad with that young dude. Remember about two years ago. Out of the gate, he was making money. Out of the gate. Out of the gate. Yeah. He was living for free and making money. Absolutely. And this is just—it's a win-win. Now, the reason that I say to do this with an FHA, because if you're going to go conventionally. You're on a duplex or triplex. You're going to need to put at least 15% down. Even you're, if you're going to occupy it with a two unit, you need to put 15% down. And then anything from a three to four unit, you need to put 25% down. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here we go. If it's a primary. It doesn't matter. It's the guidelines, Mark. Can I finish? Wait a minute. If I buy a <laughs> two by two and I'm going to live in one, I don't have to. Why do I got to put 15% down? On it Because that's the fanny. Ready guidelines. I thought it was three and a half percent down. That's FHA. Right. So you have a conventional loan and you have a uh, FHA loan. Conventionally, you need to put more oh, down, oh, even oh, though oh, you're oh, going to oh, own oh, or oh, occupy oh, it. Well, so why would I do that? I would go FHA. I'm just giving you the options. Oh, all right. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the cheaper Relax. Option. Yep, absolutely. So we're going FHA and then you're going to live in that house for, let's say, two, three years. Yeah. You're going to report the income on your tax returns. 
Now, when you're getting ready to, to leave, we can convert that FHA loan into a conventional loan, right? You're going to have equity, probably get rid of the mortgage insurance. And now that frees up the opportunity for you to get another FHA loan. That's right. So you don't have to be a first-time homeowner to get an FHA loan. You just can't have two FHA loans at the the same same time. time. I tell the students all the time, if anybody in here is thinking about buying, don't buy a house for out of the gate. Right. Buy a two-by-two, at least a two-by-two. Because in my neighborhood, I live in Foxy's. If you buy a two-by-two in Foxy's right now, you could probably get one for about maybe two fifty. Yeah, there's a the couple. Two bedroom, a two bedroom ap- apartment in Fox Chase, fourteen to sixteen hundred a month. Yeah. So you live there for a year or so and move out, you might be making thirty two hundred a month. And and there you go, because now you can get another home with an FHA loan and put as little as three and a half percent down again. Again. Right. That's now, how good it is. Now people say, Well, let me just go get another duplex, right? I have a client that's the scenario that we're at right now. He has a duplex, it's an FHA loan. He, we're going to convert that to conventional, and now he wants to get another FHA loan and do the same exact thing. It has to make sense. Right. Why is he moving from one duplex to another duplex? I mean, we get it, but again, FHA guidelines, it needs to make sense. Is there a bigger yard? Yeah, is it a better school district? And you know, what, what's the yeah. advantage to doing that? And what you're saying is you just can't move... Just to get that three and a half percent down, they're going to be watching. Exactly. Like, wait a minute, now this one's going to be your primary. Yeah, right. that's the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what I said. I mean, are, are you moving to a different area? Um, is it a better school district? And the answer to all of the above is no. Just trying to take advantage, and and it doesn't right. work that yeah, way. They're going to watch that, right? But the other thing is too with your conventional, and this is all credit score driven, and depending on what kind of assets you have. But I mean, purchasing a primary residence conventionally. You can do as little as 3% down. I know. And the other thing- At 3.6%. Yeah, at 3.6%. Unbelievable. (laughs) We can also get rid of the mortgage insurance. So that that mortgage insurance that you have on a conventional loan, what would happen is you can pay that up front one time, it goes away, and you never have to pay it again. We just did that on one of my friend's house, me, on one of your deals with me. And it's a win-win. And that knocked out that- Mortgage insurance. Yeah. And he had a million questions about that one. (laughs) But you know what, Mark? I wanted to bring up today. um, We have a beautiful house that has just been completely rehabbed. Right. Um, It's in Shelbourne and it's in the one one. It's one nine one 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 zip code. And the address is seventy three sixty eight Shelbourne. I know where that's at. Three bedroom, two bath, finished basement, completely remodeled. The shower the bathrooms are absolutely gorgeous. That's a quiet area. It's a quiet area. It has a garage. The other thing is it's a cul-de-sac. So when you drive yeah, down the train, to the end. train line runs behind it. When you drive down to the end of the street, there's no drive-through traffic. Right. So there's a cul-de-sac. I, I don't know if people couple. in Philadelphia I know I sold a couple over that way. Yeah. That's a nice area. And it's listed for two eighty nine nine. right? Mention the show. Probably get a little bit of a discount. But it's 7368 Shelbourne Avenue. Look it up. If you have any questions on it or any of the information that we went over on the mortgage, give me a call. The number is 609-605-7153. That's not going to last long. It's not going to last long at all. And then coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. 
Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. All right. You ready Be- for the first question? What? Yeah, before we do the first question, I, I, I want to make an announcement. I have a free, I do free coaching sessions at the school. It's called Zero to 20 Million in Production. And you don't have to be a realtor. You can just be a business person. But I'm doing one March 14th at 10 a.m. at 9227 Frankfurt Avenue. That's the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes Main School. Right. And it's a two-hour class, 10 to 12. Anybody can show up. Just come show up. And if you're a small business, it'll help you. It's all about lead generation and what you need to do. And it's a free class. So Awesome. And everyone should take advantage of it. If they want more information, where should they call? Yeah, they can call 215-335-6919 or go to the webpage, philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Awesome. So what's the first question? Our first question is, my home has been listed with an agent for over three months. Three months. And I'm not happy. Okay. What options do I do? Do I have? You know what? There's something wrong with this picture. This house is either way overpriced or it's not showing well. Or it has shrimp in the curtain rods. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> it's shrimp in the curtain rods. There's something wrong here. And what options do you have? One thing, if it's sitting like that, what I used to do uh, back when we were in a buyer's market, I and I still do it occasionally, but now the market's so hot, you list something, it's sold next day. But what I used to do, I asked my sellers, they let me have the permission to change the price by $500 anytime I wanted to do it. Right. So I, if I would, because what agents do, they, they go into the MOS, and a lot of them, and they do it out of habit, they go to what's called the hot sheet. And they put in a zip code of where they're looking for homes for their buyers. And if your listing's been just sitting out there, if you make a change by a dollar, that change pops up on the hot sheet. So I would up the price by 500, lower it by 500, go up 500. And every time I did it, I got showings. Wow. That was a trick that somebody told me. I don't know if somebody told me or I just came up with that one. But uh, I did that for years. But this one, three months on the market, it's either way overpriced and they're stubborn or it's got some issues that they don't want to address. Right. What options do you have? Uh, I would have a heart to heart with my realtor or maybe get a different realtor or something because somebody's given bad advice here. No home in this market should be sitting for three months unless it's overpriced and doesn't show right. Agreed. All right. What's the next one? All right, the next question is, is there a percentage a seller will mark up the price of a home? For example, if the asking price is 114, is an initial offer of 95,000 too low? No. No, because 114 it's probably some kind of small condo somewhere. But uh or it depends on where it's located. Yeah, yeah, it could be out in the burbs, out in the hinterland, <laughs> in the middle of Pennsylvania or something. But you know, if you list the price, you're asking 114 and somebody comes in 95, that's maybe what they're approved for or they're just not aware of the market. 
But you put an offer in and then the game begins. Right. Until somebody puts an offer in, nothing's going on. It's all hearsay. So you write an offer 95. I got the listing. I'm, I'm the listing agent of 114. And so then I call this agent up. I got your offer 95. Uh, we're not taking it. So let, can we split the baby here? Maybe get in between somewhere sure. in between. Uh, and then there's, and there's ways to finally close that gap. And and maybe there's things that we could do. Well, they can only go 95 because of this, or whatever the reason is, or or they or or because or of, they maybe they just feel that the house is worth 95,000, right? And they don't want to offer anymore, right? So yes, yeah. So but no matter what, putting an offer in starts the conversation. Other than that, until somebody writes up an offer, there's no conversation. Right. You got to have a starting. It's point. all hearsay. What's the next one? The next one is if you make an offer on a house and the owner comes back with a counter offer and you agree to it, can the owner still change his mind and sell to someone else? Not if your contract's written correctly. I mean, you're signing it. Both parties are signing a contract that I teach my agents and students. You should write this up like you are standing in front of your honor. That's how serious right. this should be written up. So this seller's in. The seller, sellers get remorse too. There's a thing called buyer's remorse, I know. <laughs> which we all get. We all get buyer's remorse. And, you know, some people get it bad some people don't. You know, I get I it. I think I'm going to get it. I get it. Well, like my, when I buy a truck, I get a truck and mine lasts like to the next light and I'm over. <laughs> I'm over. <laughs> some people get it real bad. Like I'll have to tell the dirt, the dirt lady story one day, but. No, uh, so they can, but they got to have a legitimate reason to get out because it's a legal contract. Right. And it happens. They get seller's remorse. All of a sudden, it's getting ready to, this has got Cyrus's house is sold, and she's going to have to move, and she loves her house, and <sighs> oh my God. I'm going to have to like hire a psychologist when you finally put this thing on under a contract. You're going to need a lot more than a psychiatrist, trust me. <laughs> But but the contract should be lock them both in. That's it, and then they'll get over it, and you talk them through. Is that how it works? Yes. So yeah. what's because you're so one? warm and fuzzy. Yeah, I am warm and fuzzy. I will work it out for you. Next question is: I signed a listing agreement, but I'm having second thoughts about selling it. Do I cancel, and will it cost me anything? We're on a pattern here. Did you write these questions up for me? No, I got the people sent me questions. Now this one is a listing agreement, and people do have second thoughts. This is like about you again. <laughs> How, can I cancel? Usually, most of the listing contracts don't cost you anything, unless there uh, there's something unique going on. But most of the time, you put your house on the market and you don't pay the agent until the house sells, and you pay your commission at settlement. Unless there's some unique thing, but that's not the norm. So, no, you can cancel it. Now the broke the agent himself, how it works is the agent himself cannot just say, Okay, you're out of the contract. All realtors and real estate agents work for a broker. The broker has to agree to let them out. Now I've wor I know some crazy brokers that agents want to let the client out and the broker's saying no. 
because they want that sign. Like this is, if this was like a big sign on the Roosevelt Boulevard, right? This broker's looking at this house as advertisement, and he don't want to let them out of that contract. But you don't want to be in business with people like that. Sure. If somebody comes to us and they said they want out, we usually let them out. You know, unless there's some weird thing going on. But uh, it shouldn't cost you anything. So All right, ne- good. Next question is, I am an out-of-state owner and made a deal to sell my vacant lot. The buyer has a licensed real estate agent who within a week, and before we close our transaction, had sold it to someone else for 50000 more than what they paid me. Is this legal or ethical? Well... So wow, they had a vacant a wow. lot and the buyer was a licensed real estate agent that's supposed to have ethics. And their with, best interest in yeah, hand. That's right. And before they closed, they did some kind of a signee here or something and they sold it for 50000 more and these people showed up at the settlement table and all of a sudden somebody else made money that they could have made. Now, I don't have a problem. This is called wholesaling and stuff. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it as long as it's all disclosed. Exactly. Like if you said to the seller, listen, you want 100,000, correct? But if I can get more than 100,000, will you have a problem with that if I made it? Right. And and that's called an assignee and it's all explained. That's all right. But a surprise at the closing table? Yeah. Yeah, you know That's what? That's just causing problems. Then you're, you, you might have legal action. You might be going to the real estate commission. You might be filing complaints, and you could be suing. Yeah. That's a good answer, Mark. All right. So do we have one last question we're not going to get we to don't it, though, yeah. right? We'll do that next week. All right. So with that, what's coming up next, though? Coming up next is our topic of the day, national foreclosure rate myths. All right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We will be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to our topic of the day. Which is? National foreclosure rate myths. You know what? This is an interesting topic because I bring this up to the students. Because you think the students would do a lot, bunch of research before they go to real estate school. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. They would do what? A lot of research. On what? On just the industry itself. Why would they do that? Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. there. You're going to teach them all. Yeah, that. I'm going to create a business. Let's not do any research whatsoever. Just get the license. But anyway, I tell them a lot of different things, and I talk to them about foreclosure rates. So I ask them this question. This is how it usually starts. I'll say, "What percentage?" Now I did this in front of a really big class last week. They were packed up the aisle, and all you know what the school looks like, and all across the back. That's so many people. And I said to him, what percentage of homes were in foreclosure in 2008 and 9, the worst real estate market in history? Right. And I went around the room real fast. And right out of the gate, the first two girls I asked, they were like 40%, 45%, 50%, 60%, 15%. 
The closest one was like 13%. And then I told them 5.1%. They were like, 5.1%? I was like, yeah, all that doom and gloom on the news. The media never talks about real estate today because it's all good news. Back then, they talked about it every day about how bad it was and oh, the world was coming to an end. The only thing that sells is bad news. The whole world is in foreclosure. You would have thought half of the damn country was in foreclosure, and it was 5.1%. The average foreclosure rate over his, historically uh, in real estate is 3 to 4%. 5.1% in the worst market in history. Right now, it's Agreed. like really low. Like, there's, you know, I remember back then everybody wanted to run to Florida and get all these foreclosures and all that. That's there's none of that, that doesn't any, exist that, anymore. That's over. Well, and the other myth is that I'm going to go get a foreclosure house with for pennies on the dollar. Right, right. And, and that doesn't exist. Yeah. So this this whole myth of what happened all during the worst market in history was so overblown. But it's like the twenty percent down myth. Right. You know, it's the same thing. There's these perceptions of like. What real estate agents do, the students have, and then how much you got to put down. And the thing about the credit score, you got to be like a 700. Right. And, all, and this is another one. Like, uh, like they all thought, because the, they watched that news, and the news is, you know, if it's if it bleeds, it leads. And the, if you were to listen to the news every day from 08 till 10, they were like, housing is in distress, and another one, and, and foreclosures, and and what city was leading the foreclosure rate? Jersey's, though. <laughs> Even though things are, like, pretty good, <laughs> Jersey has the highest foreclosure rate right now in the whole country. Well, because you're putting in the shore. Yeah, and the t- and they're just, like, taxing people to death and, sure. and everything, and the Murph on the loose. <laughs> he's like, oh, I had, and he had another one this week. Oh, the millionaire tax. He wants to do that. And he wants to do the millionaire tax that he just watched New York chase five hundred people a day out. Uh, a day. A day. He didn't catch. He didn't read that story. Apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, Murph on the loose. But the whole point of this little topic here is the foreclosure rate. You know, it, it is based on what the economy is, and 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 there's and there's different levels of it. People are 30 days late, 90 days late, whatever. And then for you to finally get into foreclosure, and, and a lot of people think it happens in like, like you don't, you miss a couple payments, and the next thing you know, you're in front of a judge. That could possibly happen if you're like in Texas, in some yeah. small town or something like that. In Philadelphia, if they start foreclosing on you, you're, you're looking at a year, year or so process. A little bit longer than Maybe that. that because I was in a number now. I was in that war with the BA, BA. I don't want to mention the name of the bank. <laughs> yeah. Two years. Yeah, two two I, years. My mom had the same situation. We were. I was battling them for three and a half years. Yeah. Three and a half years. And it was over escrow. Taxes on escrow. We paid the taxes. I had a check receipt. Yeah. And they... I don't even want to get into it. It's I know. so aggravating. But, but, uh, if but you you're try, a good if, if two, you, three years out. Yeah. If you tried to foreclose, if Wells Fargo or somebody tried to foreclose on a house in Philadelphia, and they, well, they always start out, they say, well, we're, we're going to take your house. 
And I used to tell the agents, tell them, well, listen, we're in Philadelphia, so this is going to probably take a year or two. <laughs> I have tenants in, in my house right now on a rental property. They haven't paid their rent since the day we bought the property, and that was four months ago. We can't get them out. You got a, you're, you're in eviction court or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's a process. I mean, they have all the rights in the world. Yeah. They have well, all I, the rights in the world. I got one in my family down the road that a cousin moved in and changed, had something mailed there. Right. And she called the cops to get him out one night and he showed him a piece of mail and the cop says, I can't take, I can't throw him out because he's got mail. I was like, what? Yep. They live I said, there. Call they have all the rights I in the called, world. Call supervisors and then I got to do eviction. It's crazy. Unbelievable. But anyway, just so the public knows, foreclosure rates, the average is three or 4%. And it's actually lower now. And in the worst market ever, it was only 5.1. No, that's so a be great caref- topic. Yep. Be careful what you listen to and where the source is And where your from. information's coming from. Because the doom and gloom is out there. All right. Well, speaking of information, we right. got a lot of information from Dr. A. Dr. A, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Very good. So what's the topic, Deanne, today? The topic today is dinner with the relatives and the different personalities. Family types. Yeah. I like this topic. So, all right, doctor. So we're going to do which two uh, personality types? We're going to look at the, the D, who are the dominants, and we're going to look at the I, which are the influencers today. All right. So we're all sitting down at the big dinner table, and there's all these different personality types. So the D personality... What do you say the about that? Out, that? That's the person who really likes themselves uh, and always likes to be in control and is, uh, is bossy. It's kind of like you're sitting at the dinner table and they tell you where you need to sit. Okay? So how do you deal with that type of person? The easiest way to deal with that type of person is to get them to talk about themselves because that's their favorite topic. So <laughs> if you, if you, if you want to get along with them the best, just ask them, how's it going? What's happening? How's business? How's the family? And you can get into all different types of ways to ask the same question, and they will just go on and on and on. Uh, and then uh, don't be surprised if they don't ask you how you're doing. <laughs> They're not that warm and fuzzy, huh? Well, we're talking to the very, very intense dominant. You know, as, as you guys know, we actually measure 96 different levels of each of the four behavioral right. styles. So, uh, but that, that, that's the real dominant, the dominant one. Now, what if, the dom- have- what if the dominant one is getting on your nerves? How do, how do, you, how do you get out of that conversation? You defer them to have them talk to somebody else next to them at the table. So you, what you do is you ask somebody else to get involved. So you ask somebody else, hey, how are you doing, Mark? Um, um, what's happening in your life? And then all of a sudden what happens is you wind, up, you wind up having them talk to each other and you just bow out of the conversation. Basically. All right. So now the I, they're Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Personality. Now you sit there yeah, and what do you talk. Go? They love to talk, and, and they're the type of people who want to talk about the family, and they want to talk about uh, events and things that they've done, and they are interested in you, too. So one of the things that you can say is, uh, what's happening with you? Oh, I had something like that happen to me before, yada, yada, yada. And then you go back and forth with each other, and you can actually have a really good conversation because they will care about you because they want to be liked. And one of the great things about that is, 
if they want to be liked, then they're going to be very willing to listen to what you have to say as well. So you can really have an interactive conversation with the eyes. Uh, and if you run out of things to say, that's not very difficult because if you hesitate for around five or ten seconds, the eyes will think of something else because they can't deal with the silence. Right. Right. And in the meantime, the S's and C's are sitting there eating and maybe not engaging at all because these eyes dominate. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the eyes typically are very expressive. Uh, they like to use their hands. They'll use inflection regarding the voice and things of that nature, kind of like what, what you know, I'm doing right now. All right. All right. Um, you can't see me because we're on the radio, but my hand is moving. All right. So, uh, so those are the types of, of behaviors that go along with the eyes. And out of everybody, they're the, typically the most fun to interact with and talk with because they want to have a two-way conversation just as much as you do. All right, doctor. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, and the next time we'll do the S and the Z. Okay. It's real easy. It's A-B-E-L-S-O-N at A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net, uh, or just email me at your period A at Abelson dot net. All right, doctor. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you. All right. That's, that's one of my favorites, but that was a great topic. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or you can give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and our sponsors for keeping us on their air here at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're here every week. To help you out, keep you informed. You can listen to this show and the other shows soon on our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com and uh, radio.com. So, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.